Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host. Joe Prano coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California with my co-host for two episodes in a row with an episode break in between the second of the Twin Towers, the Dream Team, Mr. Tug Coker. Hello, Joe. Tug, we have a, uh, this is, I feel like we're the Seattle Seahawks backfield at this point. (laughs) It's so true. it's it, so true. Today's episode was almost you and Nick D'Alessandro as co-host. The, the The potential starting backfields today were suggestions were you and Nick, Nick and Twerks with Wolves. Uh, oh, yeah. I think I think Trevor was called at one point. <laughs> um, Andy Lazarus and his dog that I stole were two potential co-hosts. Um, but here we are, Andy Ruther, um, the the ombudsman of the dirty sports is still in Cincinnati his for people who don't know who haven't been keeping up on social media Andy went home uh last week um because his mom got sick his mom passed away um was it late Tuesday early Wednesday of last week so if you guys were unaware of that please send your well wishes to um the Ruther family um you all right over there, Tug? I am, but in, in, in the, the the spirit of uh, attributing to uh, Andy Ruther, we he, hate, he hates it when the bathroom hates when open. the bathroom door is open. Yeah, but he we, hates but we it. plugged into the bathroom. <laughs> I tried to change it to honor him, <laughs> but Nick, uh, you know, this is his first time on the job here. Yeah, Nick's been here. Nick's been here. Uh, he's he's been living in the Smut Studio with Andy out of town. He's been holding down the fort. We now have a full production crew. We do. Nick, can you see the bathroom uh, in, the re- in the reflections uh, of anything? No, I cannot. We are, we are good. Okay. No bathroom. Andy, so, and you know, you know Andy, who is still in the middle of dealing with a family Andy's memorial. <laughs> tell he's talking about the bathroom reflection. Yeah. Um, but uh, Joanne, who has uh, been a guest on the Dent Report and been mentioned many, many times on the show, did pass away. Andy, I believe, is, has the funeral today. And or the wake today and the funeral tomorrow. So obviously, um, if you haven't already, send send your thoughts to Andy and and all the Ruther clan. Uh, I know it was pretty sudden and uh, caught caught everybody by surprise. Obviously, um, you know that's it's, it's nothing as as I spoke about when my dad passed away after a long. Uh, time coming. I wasn't prepared for it even then. So for it to jump up on and- Andy so suddenly, I'm sure uh, it's been really difficult. And uh, so, yeah, just send send your thoughts and your messages and prayers, if you're one of those people, to Andy. And uh, 2020 off to a hot start for the Dirty Sports Podcast. Two days after that, I was uh, up in Tahoe doing shows, just enjoying myself on a, on a ski mountain when a... Uh, Mexican snowboarder uh, fell and cut me off at the knees, and I have now broken my fibula and my tibial plateau. So if you're not watching this on YouTube, um, I'm sitting here in a pretty severe leg brace 
with uh, Tug took a picture of my swollen leg. Incredible ankle. You're working. I need Booger to come on the screen and, and break down what a tibial plateau is for all of us. <laughs> yeah. So a tibial plateau is uh, you have your the two joints where your knee meets. Uh, there's there's two. The, you know, the two balls where your knee meets, there's a kneecap on the top side of that. But the top the top of the bottom part of your leg, the the big bone on the bottom part of your leg is your tibia. Your tibial plateau is the ball that sits on top of your tibia. Got it. That connects to the ball that comes from whatever the fuck the top part of your leg is. No, no break, just break it down for us. This yeah. is, a, you know, a sports-centered podcast. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think of you as an athlete – you know, some would say Russell Wilson will be able to uh, uh, to move around that skier. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you weren't able to. What what was going on? Take us through the play. So I was just uh, I, I was skiing with a bunch of friends, and uh, we were on Heavenly, which is uh, straddles the state line of Nevada and California. We had spent the majority of the day on. Um, we had spent the majority of the day on the Nevada side. A couple of my friends were getting ready to go back to work. Uh, at the pub, McDuff's Pub, the greatest pub in in the continental United States. So they were like, "Let's get back over to the California side." As we started going over, you know, when you're when you're when you're traversing a cross mountain, you usually go on a very low grade slope. You know, it's uh, so uh, my buddy was like, "Keep your speed through here. We don't want to have to push if you're on skis or get off and." you know, push with your leg if you're uh, snowboarding. So we were just on like a little catwalk going, and it's one of those things where everybody's going straight and doing the speed that they, uh, they're just trying to hold their speed. Um, so uh, I'm passing people who are going slower than me, people who are going faster than me. A lot of times skiers are going faster than snowboards. Skiers are going faster than me. I'm, I'm passing slower people. Um, Eddie passes this guy who's for some fucking reason is running right through the middle of the trail. Hasn't picked a lane left or right. Eddie passes him on the left. I go to pass him on the right. I don't know if Eddie spooked him on the left or what, but as I'm approaching him, like if I was on a highway, I'm a car length behind him. I am pulling up to his back bumper. He's on my left. He falls. He's goofy. He catches his back edge and does a right turn. Uh, Zero reaction time whatsoever. I just run directly into his back. If you've seen any football play where a running back is running and uh, somebody takes out their legs and they flip, that is exactly what would have happened to me, uh, except imagine that that running back's legs are stapled to the ground. And therefore, instead of flipping, my body went forward, my feet stayed put, my tibial plateau and fibula (laughs) fractured. And yet, you still had the wherewithal to go through all that and perform that night. So went down the annals of history. Went down to the Pretty clinic. Incredible. Went down to the clinic. Got uh, a there's a there's a long and hilarious story about my time in the clinic, which we'll, we'll give you the brief uh, version of here. But essentially, I didn't want to be admitted because I have no insurance. Um, they when I couldn't stand on it, they forced me to be admitted. Finally took uh, x-rays, found out that I had fractures. At that point, the assistant's mind was blown that I had a uh, tibial plateau fracture and was trying to leave. He's like, that. <laughs> he's like that's some pain. That, that He's like, most people are in here like biting down on, you know, wood spoons. Um, and then uh, they wanted to do surgery immediately, uh, but I'm still too swollen. 
So they said swelling has to go down for you to have surgery. When are you supposed to go back? I said Monday. They said best thing to do. Finally, we can now that we know that you're not going to surgery, we can give you some painkillers. So here's some painkillers. But not enough. Not enough. Not enough to kill me. <laughs> um, yeah, I said, was this enough to kill me? And they said, no, uh, it will put you in a coma. I said, that sounds like a hospital bill, too. <laughs> um, so they said, just take painkillers and stay in bed, keep it elevated. And I said, well, if I'm going to be here for the rest of the weekend, I do have three more comedy shows. And since I'm going to need every dollar to my name, uh, I would like to finish these comedy shows and get paid for them. And they said, if you can get down to the shows and you can get through it, do it. So Friday, running on adrenaline and not too much food and just a couple painkillers, I crushed my way to stage and sat on a stool and nearly passed out. I almost I almost passed out on Friday. It got it got very dicey. I got very lightheaded. My at one point and I had to put my hat up. Uh, I felt like I was going to pass out under the lights. Got off stage, survived. Saturday and Sunday in a wheelchair with proper nutrition with painkillers. Two two solid wheelchair sets. Do you feel like the audiences are di- are different because they, 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 they you know you've been sort of through a traumatic experience? Over yeah, the were they yeah. with you more? Or yeah, what was the a little bit. Uh, Friday, everybody seemed really confused. <laughs> I believe that we saw uh, some videos on some Instagram yeah, stories. Friday, everybody seemed pretty confused as to like he just doesn't look well. Probably shouldn't be up there. Saturday, they were fun, but also like the 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 sympathy went out the window pretty fast. They were like, okay, we've heard the story. Now get to the jokes. Sunday. As Sunday crowds tend to be, the most chill, the most relaxed. Sunday was a great show. I wish I had my first five minutes from that. It would be the first time I ever put up an Instagram with closed yeah. close captioning of my stand-up. Um, so, yeah, got through, and uh, hopefully we'll get a check for that soon. And and like I said about my parlay that hit, each each one of these bills will pay for 1% of my what, what I'm sure will be $70,000 knee surgery and recovery. Yeah, I know you 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 showed that uh, ticket just a little too late. Otherwise, we all could have got involved. I mean, I think between both of us, we were undefeated in the NFL this weekend. You know, with the public po- uh, plays. So yeah, nice hit by the way. Four Thank for you. four in the parlay, which four was for, for which was for a thousand. You know, to win whatever. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. So yeah, uh, if anybody though does want to help out. Venmo's always open. <laughs> At Joe Prano, no insurance. Doctor's appointment today with an orthopedic surgeon in the South Bay, which I'm sure this pr- their South Bay orthopedic surgeon prices is probably like, like their good gas will. prices. <laughs> exactly. Um, so At-, At Joe Prano on Venmo if you want to help the, the knee surgery cause. Um, let's talk about some of this football, Tug. Um, we have I-, I would say the big three today. We have, we have the NFL. We've got the college football championship that happened yesterday, and we have the Astros. Uh, Can't wait for the Astros. We have, we have the Astros scandal, um, and uh, I'm sure there's other things going on in sports. But considering Andy's out of town and my my knee ligaments have left the building, uh, <laughs> we'll keep it pretty tight. Um, let's go in order. The first football game of the weekend was was it Niners Vikings for that first? Yeah. Yep. So Niners Vikings uh, on Saturday, Saturday early game. Uh, everybody had, you know, said Kirk Cousins has proved everything Kirk Cousins needs to prove. He be- he beat the Saints in New Orleans. Kirk Cousins isn't the issue anymore. I, in, in a sense, I want to say all props go to this Niners defense. They're they are playing incredible. The pass rush is incredible. They're getting healthy at the right time which I think we've seen with a lot of championship teams. 
smartly sometimes go, you, you got to win without your best player sometime and hope to have them when the going gets tough. And uh, But at the same time, Kirk Cousins remains a guy who, against a good pass rush, seems to wilt. I mean, you may say it was the early game, but it wasn't early enough because it wasn't 1 p.m. <laughs> Eastern Standard Time for Kirk Cousins and his Excel spreadsheet living. That game started at what? 135 e- uh, West, uh, Coast West Coast time. time. Yeah, he, he's all messed up. He had right. no clue what he was doing. Um, I agree with you. You know, earlier in the week in our previous podcast, I said, I, you know, the Vikings have a chance. However, I started to get a little uh, scary, and I texted you this. When everyone on Get Up, every single expert on ESPN, picked the Vikings to win the game. That That's always so the kiss weird. of death. Yeah. Like, whenever an underdog becomes, like, sort of a favorite by the experts, it's like, this is going to be a blowout. And it was. I mean... I agree with you. The health of the Niners' defense is imperative. Everyone's getting healthy. Pass rush is getting healthy. And then also, Kirk Cousins, and, and also, and Zimmer and Stefanski, who became a head coach this week. We'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Seven offensive first downs. Like, just look, the offense was anemic. There's no game plan. It's, it, there's always a default somehow in the Vikings' offense to go conservative. Yeah. You know, you needed to, it was like happy to be there. I said this on a tweet earlier. It's like, it felt like they were just like, oh, we got to win. Like, monkeys off our back. Cool. Yeah. You know, we talked about that in a previous podcast. Like, it, it, games. It, it really seemed like the running game, they, they they got tackled for a loss, blown up, like I think on the first play of the game or the second play of the game after, uh, you know, after a pass attempt. And it just seemed like right in that moment, the tone had been set. Like, you're not going to run the ball on us. We dare to throw. They threw, I, I believe Cousins was sacked six times. and Seven or more three and outs. Yeah. and And honestly... The Niners really seem to go in the second half to just go like we've won this game, let's stay healthy, let's you know like just go into cruise control. I I feel like this could have been a, a way bigger blowout. At no point though did the Vikings seem at all like they were going to threaten offensively. And I you know I will say this like I don't know and I, I think you might you're on board as well. Grappolo hasn't shown us enough yet to be like put the put the game on my back. I'm going right. to win you this game. the The difference is their defense is elite. You know Sherman is still Sherman talks so much, but he is backing it up. Yeah, and Shanahan I think is awesome. Yeah, like Shanahan is like a guy that you're like uh, I, you know I'm scared of this guy because he's he's just so innovative with his game you know calling. Uh, so they're dangerous. The Vikings. It's crazy to me to think that they they're losing they lose offensive coordinators every year under Zimmer. Well, they're going to get Shermer back. It sounds like is he is he coming back? It sounds like that that was it sounded like Shermer was going to just return to his old position. I thought he'd gone to the Broncos, but um, but it makes sense for him to just come right back. Yeah, um, but they lose they lose offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators every year. Somehow they think the tree from Zimmer is awesome, and they they they're he's a good coach, but he's like one in five. As a you know seven point underdog, they don't win outside of the Saints. Like they just don't. They're not pulling a Titans like run. Yeah. Where now like, we we were talking about Garoppolo. Uh, I don't think you, you know you watch Garoppolo like it, it. It was a very. It was like a high school stat line. Like just run the ball, let your defense play, don't fuck it up. And he didn't have to do more. But do you believe that Garoppolo has the ability to? win a Super Bowl in him right now? Or do you just believe that their defense is good enough that he can, like many quarterbacks we've seen, and we're going to obviously get into Russell Wilson, but 
screams to me shades of a young Russell Wilson. Great running game. Great defense. Don't fuck it up. In five years from now, if he blossoms into some sort of, you know, great passer and he's got that Super Bowl under him already on a team where he had to do almost nothing, you know, I, I, I just feel like that's where, you know, this other guy who we'll talk about later's legacy has sort of come from. But I, I certainly think that Garoppolo right now can can beat any of the three teams left with just managing that that offense, letting the defense do what it does, letting the running game do what it does, and just throwing to open guys. I agree. I mean, I think the Shanahan again has the ability to get players open. I mean, he, Garoppolo's biggest games, I think he had a big game against the Saints. But he also had big games against the Cardinals. That's yeah. where his, that's where his famous like you got it, whatever's baby call was yeah, with yeah. Uh, what's what's uh, Aaron, Andrews. Aaron Andrews. But um, so he hasn't really shown me yet that he's gonna. You know, the Packers they've destroyed the Packers on Sunday Night Football yeah. a few weeks back. I always get a little nervous when they, there's a big blowout game. There's a revenge opportunity that does scare me. A little uh, Aaron Rodgers return to the Bay. Yeah, exactly. They, they didn't, didn't draft, draft me. Yep. Yeah, yep. So we'll see about that. But I, I agree with you. I don't think he's. He hasn't shown me enough to like put the, the team on his shoulders, but hopefully the the scheme and the defense will be enough for him to you know if if you're a Niners fan get them a Super Bowl. And as far as matchups go, you can't really get a better yeah you know, championship Sunday marquee than Green Bay at 49ers. It's old school for a chance to go to the mid nineties was like that. That's what five nine Super Bowls between them. Nine Super Bowls between them. Yep. Um, and and one between the other two, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the Titans obviously have been in one, one Super Bowl, came yeah. this close. I mean, I, I I'm excited about the I, I like I've called the Packers paper tigers, but I also said they only have to win two games, right? So I don't think they're like a great team, but they're but they're set up with a chance to win this game. They're they're seven point underdogs, yeah. Right now, I think. The, the the Niners will probably win this game. We'll find out. We'll talk about it more later in the week. But like, um, they have an ability to create a pass rush. They don't need to blitz Aaron Rodgers. Sometimes you know you saw this on. We'll talk about the Packers game in a little bit. But like, they tried to put some pressure on him, uh, and he, he would call out of it and just kind of put Devontae in a one on one and yeah. just you know make a yeah. great play. So we'll we'll get to that game before we move on from Niners Vikings. Obviously, you said Stefanski, uh, the coach of the Browns. People were joking about it. I saw Simmons with a great tweet like, that's five straight three and outs. The Browns are ready to hire Stefanski right now. Yeah. And, like, they did it. Is Like, how do you watch that game and go, like, we must hire him the second it's over? Especially when um, – wasn't um, the defensive coordinator for the, the Niners also yeah. a, a, a candidate? Yeah. Interviewed? Yeah. You would think in this game it's like, well – we clearly know which one of these yeah. guys is better. One of you will be eliminated. Yeah. Two-minute or one-man ch- lead. There, there's a game of chess. The loser gets to be the coach of the Browns. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I, I was surprised. I mean, you know, first of all, there's been so much turmoil within the Vikings. Uh, if you think of the course of the year, like Diggs and, and Thielen basically blasting the offensive scheme. Yeah. And then Diggs throwing his helmet. Like, that's not really – you're not showing me leadership within that, you know, offense anyway. Then there's some flow, and then they just kind of lose their identity again. So now, like the Vikings, in like the Vikings have all this money committed to Kirk Cousins. The defense has been great for the last what five six years. Yeah. Uh, they have certainly talented wide receivers. They have a talented running back. 
like what what is the problem with the the Vikings? Because you know I, there was a lot, and I went back and forth with Charlie Ryan, uh, uh, who's worked a lot on the show on the offensive. People love to just throw bad offensive line out there when a team struggles to like protect it. Like Kirk Cousins has had bad O lines everywhere he's gone because Kirk Cousins refuses to get rid of the ball when the pass rush is heavy. But like their offensive line isn't bad; it's not superb. But, like, I really feel like if you're looking at this Vikings team, it might be coaching. Like, the the, the fact that Shermer went and gets fired, you're going to go and hire Stefanski for the Browns. That's as, you know, that's the job no one wants. It Like, Mike Zimmer, like, every week in, week out, year in, year out, criticized for just the strategy that they take, especially on an opponent-to-opponent -opponent basis. They, it just doesn't seem like they changed their strategy I think that's at right. all. It's, you brought up a point I was going to say, which is for the Browns to say, uh, to, to not look at Shermer, to, who, who was just in that position Stavansky was in, and be two and out. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what, why, so why are we grabbing this guy? Like, this guy showed no success. Yeah. So I, I'm just, I don't, it's just a The curious. reason I bet the Niners in this game is I said, oh, okay, yeah, the, the, the Saints, you know, the Vikings beat the Saints. Great. But three weeks ago, when they went up against the Packers, who had their pass rush working nicely that night, Kirk Cousins looked miserable. The Niners' pass rush, significantly better. I'm going with the Niners. And there were spots this year where Kirk Cousins looked, um, not, I'm not going to say elite, but very good. Yeah. He had a very good run in the middle of this year. So it's hard to say. And plus, Dalvin Cook, when he was healthy was dominant this year. So it's hard to really lay the blame at the feet of the offensive line when yeah. both guys at times this year were really, really good. And also sometimes you have, like, the idea that your quarterback gets sacked six times and that's it, game over, it's not necessarily the case. Like, sometimes you have to overcome. Like, we're not getting a ton of protection. Our quarterback's going to take hits. We're going to get sacked a bunch. But we've got to find a way to sur to survive those and, and still at least be in the game, give your shot a give yourself a chance to win and they didn't they were never in that game it was 7-7 that was the last time they were in that game i i asked charlie ryan because uh, we got i got in a, a nice little thread with a couple of vikings fans stanga charlie um and a few other guys um and i asked i said i'm curious to know about the motivation of uh coaches that have interviewed for position uh, for head coaching positions like, do, do, what's their win-loss win record yeah. in the playoffs? And Charlie went and dug some numbers up. And I just want to put this up. This is a real-time nug by Charlie Ryan. Since 2009, there have been 76 new head coaches. 38 of those were offensive or defensive coordinators for another team the prior year. That's half. Of those 38, 28 made the playoffs in their last year, calling plays 74% of the time. And those teams have gone 23 and 27 in the playoffs. And only Frank Reich won the Super Bowl in the year prior to leaving. So I thought that was interesting. It's like, you know, I don't want to – psychology is a thing. You know, it's – who knows? Yeah. But I feel like I'm just curious when these, when these coaches take time out of their week to go interview, are they 100% in on making this right. know, team better? Or are they, are they sort of one eye saying, like, I could be the head coach? Yeah. It's just something that I th thought about. I don't think it's like – I think coaches are good enough to focus on two things. But you're not – but we can also admit you're not spending 100% of your time. Sure. Absolutely. On game plan. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, shout out to Charlie Ryan for making a real-time nug. The second game on uh, Saturday, Titans-Ravens. Uh, Mike Vrabel, the Kingslayer. 
I gotta say this. Like, I think you, you, other people might agree, but like, I'm not surprised. I wasn't surprised by this at all. I mean, no. I was I was drinking beers with Nick on Saturday night, watching this game, and like, I posted this on Twitter. I think you know Tennessee is gonna cover for sure, if not win. And it just felt like ten points was. I've never seen a double-digit favorite that was like more vulnerable for some whatever reason. And, and and I looked at that game and I said I don't want really to even fuck with the ten points because I said, but in my head I said it probably is, but I don't want to get burned on some late thing here or there because I know one thing for sure: this game is going to be under because they're going to run the shit out of the ball on both sides, which actually ended up not happening for the Ravens, who abandoned. Everything that they had done the whole year, and Lamar Jackson throws the ball fifty times, fifty-one times. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think even more, fifty-seven. Yeah, it was some, some so ludicrous let's get that stat, Nick. Um, crazy amount of time, and he actually like had a ridiculous from a stat per, uh, you know point of view, huge game. Yeah, but you look at the where they left the the ball on the field on the Titans side of the ball, like they were inside the thirty like six seven times and come away with twelve points mm-hmm. over three and fourth down conversions. Um, you know, just a couple after being perfect during the season. Yeah, and I think um, obviously Ingram not at full strength, but you know, and, and sometimes like you want to people people get they've been punching people in the mouth so many times this year they got a quick punch to the nose. Yeah, seven nothing, fourteen nothing, and then everyone I think started to have a little bit of a panic. Yeah, it started to set in like we're in a little bit of trouble here. Do we have the offense to come back? Do we have the Mahomesian skill? To, to like overcome a fourteen point deficit, it really seemed like they abandoned their their personality. Like you watch that, I believe it was a. I'm not even sure it was a primetime game, but the game against the Rams, you guys went to that game. That was the, the, right. the Ravens. That they were scoring, like it was like watching the Mahomes offense. They were scoring at will, running the ball, throwing the ball. It just seems like they got entirely away from their offense. And let's be honest, Lamar Jackson, you don't want him throwing the ball 50 times. I I don't think it's in any team's recipe to win in the playoffs for a quarterback to throw the ball 50 times. I'm not sure it's in the recipe to throw the ball 40 times. So for an offense that broke the NFL rushing record, team rushing record during the season. The idea that your quarterback throws the ball over 50 times is ludicrous. Now, Lamar, I think Nick looked this up for us, threw for 59, uh, 59 attempts. 59, so 60 times, essentially. 59 attempts, 31 for 59, 365, a touch, two picks. Yeah. Ran for 20 carries for 143 yards. So he did fill up the stats yeah. sheet. But again, it's just about like finishing, and there was just, you know, and all, all the uh, analytics people like don't believe in momentum, and wh- why that may be true. Like, they're just you could see him get deflated sometimes. You uh, saw him get frustrated. Yeah, you saw him. He was swearing. He was tossing his helmet. Yeah. he's saying outside. Yeah, absolutely. It's the point in time when those turnovers happen that are really crushing. Like, the you know the early drive in the third quarter gets you know shuttered. A couple. Bad I mean, picks. The, like, the idea that momentum's not a thing is crazy because even. Even momentum theoretically is helpful, right? The the Titans go up seven, get the ball back. They have momentum. They take a shot. They take that long shot down the field that goes for a touchdown. That's a momentum play call. 
that's a play call that you make because you're like, hey, if we if we throw a fucking, you know, if we throw a deep pass here and it gets complete and we score or it just goes for a long play, we can take control of this game. That's a momentum call. And if we miss it, so what? Then we go we go back to handing the ball off to Derrick Henry. But it worked and went for a touchdown. I mean, momentum's a hundred percent a thing in this game. Well, we talked about Garoppolo, you know, sort of like can he do just enough? Yeah. To win uh, the team a Super Bowl, I mean, we got to put Tannehill in the same boat because it's the second game in a row where he hasn't played like he hasn't blown up, done just enough. His stats from that game are seven for fourteen for eighty-eight yards yeah, and two touchdowns. Ridiculous. The leading receiver uh, was had uh, was Raymond who had one. I don't. I'm not even sure who that is. One pick. Well, I mean, one catch for forty-five yards and a touch. Yeah, that's the one long play. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Derrick Henry went for 30 for 195, and he threw a touchdown. Yeah, the jump pass was <laughs> yeah, incredible. Yeah, so, so I mean, I mean, do we think that Tannehill could be in the, the Garoppolo spot of being doing just enough to get them? The, the only reason I think that the Titans do not have a chance next week is because what they were able to do in this game is essentially what the Texans did to open the other game. And... The Chiefs won by 20 points. The The idea of getting punched in the mouth going up 14 nothing. They got punched in the mouth, went up 24 nothing. They didn't blink. They, you know, he threw for four touchdowns in the second quarter. They they ran away with the game. Uh, it didn't seem to me at any point like it was like, oh, my God. You know, certainly 14's not doing that. And the Titans don't have the ability to get out beyond that. That that was just about as much as the Titans can do in sort of taking the game over because they're going to do it with the run, which Derrick Henry has been amazing. I put on the rundown. Is Derrick Henry the best football player in the NFL today? I think like right, right now, now, yeah. We talked about this on the last podcast, and it's only been enhanced. He looks like Paul Bunyan or like Johnny yeah. Appleseed yeah. out there. I mean, it's just like like real 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 professional athletes. Like you're looking up, and I'm like, oh my god, are you are you superhuman? A lot of people were saying. I forget uh, specifically who was on it yesterday, but that the Ravens needed to win this year. Um, we are two of the early uh, proponents of quarterbacks on their rookie contract. If you look at the final four, you've got Aaron Rodgers, some people's goat, Patrick Mahomes on his rookie deal, uh, Tannehill on a deal the Dolphins are paying entirely for, and then you've got Garoppolo, who's got a deal that's pretty solid, but also they get you know they extended him coming off of a trade. They got him what's pretty valuable right now. And they took discounts. I mean, Richard Sherman is on a discount right. deal because he negotiated it himself. Now you saw that maybe this diatribe he went on last week where he yeah. was trying to say, I-, "I didn't mess this deal up." Yeah, very interesting to watch people. Say like you know that debate about whether he made a good deal or not, but like the the point is when you're one of the top three or four cornerbacks and you're making thirteen mil, it's a value for the, the yeah. team. So they're 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 being really smart about the way they put their team together with a quarterback who is you know eating up more of the salary. Is the Ravens Super Bowl window closed or closing because Lamar Jackson will demand a shit ton of money to be the quarterback of the Ravens that perhaps plays a style of play? That was exposed as not uh, Super Bowl style? Well, I think every team's window uh, is always closing. 
with the exception of the Patriots. I mean, the, the window seems to be closing now, but after a 20-year run. Right. Or if you're an all-time elite quarterback. Yeah. Like, you know, Peyton, Aaron Rodgers. I believe Mahomes to be in that category. I agree. Um, so, like, we see Mahomes having probably multiple shots. But most other teams, yeah, the, the windows, it, are, I, windows are always closing. It, it had been how long since the Chiefs played in the AFC Championship game? I think it, the thing that was, like, 40-something years, something like that. Now yeah, they've been in two, in a, two, two, home games in, in a row. two in Mahomes' first two years. And um, so, especially for a couple reasons. I mean, the the stats on Greg, a Greg Roman offense uh, – the first year with you know with the quarterback is very good, but the numbers start to people start to catch up with the system just a little bit. You know, Lamar while be able to be smart about where he runs, runs in space, still is a runner. So pulled hammy, you know, an injury, you know, uh, Carson Wentz situation, a yep. bad hit. Yep. Like it just the, the risk which, is greater. It, which it seemed like a couple people tried to get that shot in on him on that game. And that's going to happen for the rest of his career, yeah. you know. So the the number is is always one. And he threw away. up his hands at one point. It's like, hey man, you're running. This is going to happen. They're they're taking shots at running backs like this. They're taking shots at receivers like this. I know a lot of Ravens fans kind of had this fear, which is like, do we peak too soon? And you know, I, I sometimes you just don't want that streak to end. Like you know, they you want like you don't want that buy. You should have just kept playing. You know I mean? uh, so I'm I, I I root for Lamar Jackson. Definitely want that team uh, to be relevant. That that division with Lamar, whatever the Steelers are doing, we'll ask mm-hmm. Nick on that. Um, Baker, Burrow, it's going to be super fun Yeah, for the next couple years at yeah. least. So hopefully the Ravens do it. But I do think I would be scared that like – we talked about last week with, with, with Drew Brees. It's just hard to get there. It doesn't matter who, who your quarterback is. It's hard to get there. I'd be nervous if I was a Ravens fan. Well, Tug, before we get to the Sunday – games before we get to the, the two Sunday matchups I have been as as we talked about on the show I've been sort of bedridden since uh Friday afternoon besides getting out and the honestly I can say top five worst parts about being bedridden is I have not been able to clean up this this face in the last few days when you have this mustache it's so important to keep the rest of your face looking clean or else you just look like a dirty weirdo so i actually had my manager was nice enough to get me all settled last night and she uh, i said you know what i need i need a mirror that uh, suctions onto the wall in the shower and she got me a shower stool so i can sit in the shower and shave and what will i do that with of course harry's razors harry's razors how does harry's tie into your new year's resolution Manage your personal finances. Razors can be expensive, but at $2 per cartridge, Harry saves you money all year long. Take better care of yourself. Harry's makes award-winning razors along with a whole range of grooming essentials to keep your 2020 routine in top shape. Tug. Sir. We have a special offer for our listeners. Harry's wants you to start the new year off right. New customers get $5 off a Harry's trial set when you go to harrys.com forward slash dirty. Harry's knows a great shave doesn't come from flex balls or heated handles. They have the best razors, the best shaving cream. I can tell you without a doubt the best aftershave because a lot of times I get all, all red and torn up from getting this beard off and I love to use the aftershave. Oh God, it smells so good. A hundred percent Quality guaranteed. Harry stands behind the quality of their products. If you don't love your shave, let them let them know and they'll give you a full 
refund. Harry's has a special offer once again for new customers. $5 off a trial set at harrys.com forward slash dirty. You'll get a five-blade razor with a weighted handle, foaming shave gel with aloe, and a travel cover. Join the millions of guys who've already switched. Go to harrys.com forward slash dirty and claim your offer. Tug, let's talk a little of the Sunday games. The first the first game on Sunday was uh that was the the Bill O'Brien the boob ball boob game. Yeah. 24 yep. nothing the uh Texans get out to they they have a a, a very well designed play to go up 7 nothing. They get everybody to bite on a uh on a fake screen. Love that play. Why, like Kenny Stills is the most wide open I've seen somebody in the NFL in a long time that didn't happen on some sort of halfback toss play. Um, they come back, they get a punt block touchdown. Yep. Uh, I forget the third score right off the top of my head, but the fourth scoring play for them was fourth and one deep in Chiefs territory. They decide not to go for it. They call a timeout. They still don't go for it. They kick a field goal. They go up 24 nothing. Chiefs turn the ball, punt again, and the Texans have the ball then on, the, on their side of the field, and they decide to go fourth and three, punt, fake punt, and they get stopped short. Two, in my opinion, huge momentum plays in that game. Settling for the three instead of going up 24 instead of 28. And then turning the ball over in your own territory, giving the Chiefs life. That was when the Chiefs' run started. The Chiefs were winning the game by halftime, and the Chiefs go on to win 51-31. Yeah, and just to correct you really quickly, they uh, they went for that fourth. They went, they went for the field goal, and then the Chiefs scored. Okay. And, and I'm bringing this up because there's a di- and and then they went for the fake punt. So it was 24 right. to seven. 24 seven. And, okay. and, this, and this comes to my point. There's a difference between being aggressive because this is our mantra, this is our yeah. motif, this is our attitude, and being aggressive because it smells like fear. Yeah. It smells like – and that punt to me felt like the wrong – the fake punt smelled like the wrong decision. It smelled like I listened, I, I listened to Twitter. You right. know, I know Twitter is going to be on me. I'm going to stay and, aggressive. And almost like I'm, I listened to Twitter after I didn't go for it on. Correct. The, it's two, like yeah, two two wrongs don't make the right. Yeah. Like you know, you go for that. Pick on a lane. One. Yeah, exactly. Go exactly. for it on. Go for it on fourth and one to try to make it twenty-eight nothing, and then also just say this is our thing. We're not going to take – the Chiefs are so good. They're so good at scoring points. We're not going to take our foot off the gas pedal. We went for it down there. Whether we got it or we didn't, now we're going to fake punt. But to play conservative and then get aggressive on uh, – like and, and flip it to get – to be conservative when you're on their end of the field yep. and then aggressive when you're on your end of the field. It, to me, in that moment, it was Bill O'Brien's left hit and Bill O'Brien's right hit – Smashed together in a big, just cleavage sandwich. Central tit. Yeah, just boob ball. <laughs> I mean, I saw that. And I, like another thing that we talked about, which is you know previous game Ravens, you know a little panic. You know, uh oh, fourteen nothing down. We saw. We were. Cons- I mean, if, if you're on the Chiefs, like you know, you and I were. I was on the over, which won by halftime. Yeah, which is amazing <laughs> yeah. in those games. Um, but. We, we're concerned, obviously. You don't want to be down 21 nothing 
kind of like the field goal, but you never felt like, whoa, this is this is still in the realm of possibility. Yeah. And Vegas only made the Chiefs plus 300. That's crazy. They still said, you know what? Isn't it, you know, I don't know how much I want to believe in Bill O'Brien yet. Uh, so and you know, and of course, of the you know, over the course of a quarter, they're now the leading. You know, win the money line bet uh, for for the half at twenty eight twenty four. Terrible play. The field goal is such a disaster. You, you know, you're you're deep in their you're deep up in their territory where you, you you go for it, you don't get it. There's still got to go eighty yards to score. You know, you get it, you get it through. Twenty four is still a three score game. Make it a four score game. Yep. Are there story what are there storylines to take away from this game other than Bill O'Brien is an awful football coach and the Chiefs offense is clearly going to put up points regardless of who they play and they're looking like they've got to be Super Bowl favorites right now. Yeah, I mean I think so the the, the difference the thing is though you know their defense still gave up 31 points. I mean there was a block kick in there, but yeah. you know I, I there's guys out there like McCockner and stuff like that who say you know uh, Brady can win you know with 16, 14 points. Right. I don't know if you get that feeling with the Chiefs. Yeah. The, the Chiefs almost feel like even though their defense is good, when they do play a game on a neutral site, if they're lucky enough to get there, um, can their defense you know hold them? I mean, will will 28 be enough to win? Yeah. You know, so I, that, that's a concern that I have. Like, you just get into a little bit of a, a – a, you'd have to be in a shootout probably. If I, but if, if I ask you, you, you've got a stack of money, you, can, you can't spread it around. You've got to put it on one team. Who are you putting on? Chief, it's always yeah. been the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you know, for the last half of the year. I think you were a big Chiefs guy too. I think you went Niners just because you did, that Chiefs would be the popular pick in your pool. Yeah, exactly, in my pool. But we all feel like the Chiefs yeah. were the team. I mean, I had Chiefs, Packers, preseason, Correct. Chiefs, Either Chiefs, way, Niners, you, you, know, you look great. Yeah. So tip of the cap to you. Yeah. Um, Provided the Titans don't go to the Super Bowl. Which, they, they will ruin it all. Yeah. I mean, I, there was a point. I was going to say, like, NFL's on line one. They do not want to see a Tennessee-Houston yeah. <laughs> AFC championship game. Yeah, it's awful. I mean, there's like, talking about 30 million viewers tuning out. I mean, just a two-hour difference, just getting the sports media. This is a little, uh, you know, um, what, was my, what was my called? Tug Minute? Or forget the old yeah, thing. TC Minute. TC Minute, thank you. They moved that time two hours, which used to be like a one o'clock start Eastern time, ten o'clock here. They moved it two hours, and the audiences were gigantic yeah. this weekend. Game started at twelve out here on the West Coast, three on the East Coast. Thirty million people tuned in for that game. Big numbers for the obviously for the Seahawks, Packers game. There is some discussion out there. Of, you know, everyone's talking about it. Romo getting a big offer from ESPN. Yeah. Will he be the next voice of Monday Night Football? Fourteen million dollars is what I hear that ESPN is offering. If if I just a quick aside, if you are Tony Romo, do you want to work for ESPN or CBS? If you're Tony Romo, I don't think it makes a difference, right? You're you're sort of just you're you're going to do what you do regardless. You're going to show up. ESPN is going to give you a lot of money. Monday Night Football is the premier job. I guess you want to you want to work for Sunday Night Football's premier job. I think. I mean, Monday okay. Night Football okay. used to be. Yeah. The games sometimes are terrible in Monday Night Football. Yeah, yeah. You can't flex, so it's obviously not the premier game. Sure, Sunday Night Football. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean. But but, the, the, but certainly more premier than daytime. Correct. Daytime football. The one thing I think that Romo is probably working on behind the scenes, is he, he, as you know, he loves golf. Yeah. CBS and ESPN both have the Masters. 
I, I, I bet you he's working in some way to do some sort of golf announcing as well, just to stay with Jim in some capacity. Uh, yeah. Who can help sweeten the deal? Him and Nance yeah. doing the Masters? <laughs> yeah. That's kind of awesome. So how are they going to sweeten the deal so he's covering something on the Masters or some PGA event? Uh, I mean, we all like love to make fun of Booger, but you know, maybe uh, maybe it's fun to make fun of Booger. Is, maybe that's it, the thing. Is Booger involved if Romo's involved? Is Booger out? 100% out. The, Bo- the Booger Mobile is back, though. Yeah. <laughs> Booger's <laughs> back on the sidelines. <laughs> Nick, you got any, any thoughts on that? Hold on one second. We got we to gotta turn you up there, buddy. All right. You were here? So if I'm, if I'm ESPN, every week, whenever there's a Monday night game, you go on Twitter, the number one thing that's trending is Booger McFarland. So it, it, for, for CBS, I feel like it makes a bigger difference if you lose Romo because, like, who comes in and fills? But, like, for Monday night... Phil's. This, Phil Sims, do they, do they go back, <laughs> go back to, to Phil? Phil? I don't think this is helping Monday night football at all. You're going to watch a Monday night football game regardless just because, I mean, it's football on a Monday night. Whereas I feel like there's competition on Sunday, which is where Tony Romo already is. I mean, ESPN has to make a play to flex the games in the next, their next contract negotiation. Yeah. It's such a big win for the last half of the year. I mean, you get stuck with these like terrible Giants, games. Giants, Eagles. Yeah, yeah, you think it's going to be good, but they're not. you got to move it. Um, but, you know, R- Romo, I know Andy's not the biggest Romo guy, but I think Romo's... I, I, yeah, I hated Romo as a player, obviously, as a Cowboy, but I, I think he's fantastic. It's just entertaining. For me, it's just, I mean, I am a Cowboys fan, but I find him just to be entertaining. I just find it to be fun to listen to. He teases, yeah. he does some good job teasing Jim Nance. You don't hear enough like color guys teasing the play-by-play guy. And he does it very subtly, and um, and tries to get you know Jim to like like to like go on record with, with something, and Jim just doesn't want to do it. Yeah, and meanwhile <laughs> Romo does it like every other play. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm interested to see where that goes. But uh, I, you know, I I made a joke on Twitter that you know they're undefeated two and zero at Airhead Stadium in the playoffs when um with the, with the over. So we'll see if it's three and zero this week. They love points. There's a, a lot of games, a lot of points in Patriots Chiefs last year. A lot of points. Titans, Chiefs. I don't know if we're gonna see those points, but we'll find out. Do on you give Do you give the Titans any shot in that game? Definitely. They beat them. They beat them earlier in the year. Yep. Um, thirty-five, thirty-two. I'd like to see. I need to do a little, do a little research and see what the line was then versus now, just to see. I think it was. I think it's either seven and a half or nine and a half. Now. I I think it could be a. I think it could be a close game. I think it could be a game that is controlled by the Titans running the ball, playing defense. But I just, I just can't see them keeping up. I see it being a, a game that the Chiefs kind of pull away at the end. That you know, if it was a, if it was a, you know, seventy-yard race, we're gonna have a game. But it's, but it's a hundred-yard dash, and they're just gonna, you know, it's that last thirty yards that Usain Bolt just goes see ya. And um, and we were talking about Mahomes, and you said you know a, a generational quarterback. I think when you look around the league right now, obviously the quarterback's so important. We talk about it so much on this show. He's one of those guys like Rodgers who I go, you have to give him whatever he wants. He, you know, this is, he, you're truly building this around him for the foreseeable future of the next 10 years. Where I, again, don't even think you can say that about the Goffs and the, the Wences and the Dak Prescotts and, uh, you know, even Garoppolo. Like, you look at guys and you go, if the best quarterbacks in the league are always going to be, I need to get into that top five money. You, I mean, look at the Vikings. Like the idea that the Vikings are paying Kirk Cousins the whatever it is the second most money in eighty five quarterback million. is ludicrous. And it just 
like honestly, it just doesn't. It it literally hurts your team because you are now taking that money away from other people, and the value that you're getting from it, like it isn't that much more than you know wins over a replacement player. Whereas I think when you look at a Rodgers or you look at a Mahomes, it absolutely is, and that's what you know we'll we'll talk a little bit about in this next game because. I think everybody sort of undoubtedly thinks that that uh, Russell Wilson is part of that that group of guys in the Rodgers and Mahomes, and I just straight up do not agree. I do not agree, and uh, we'll we'll transition into that Packers Seattle game. Let's do it. Uh, comes out twenty one three. To be completely honest with you, I uh, was on. I, I, I double dosed my painkillers. Um and fell asleep for uh into a into a a bit of a coma for most of the first half. I technically was watching it, but like it's very blurry. But I know twenty one three at the half, and in the second half, I watched the entirety of the second half. The Seahawks make a valiant effort to come back, but in the end, you know the the Packers only score seven more points in the second half. And still win twenty eight to three. Um, to me, you know the the tweet that I put out after the game, which of course got my co host Andy's panties in a bunch, was that I believed you know this was essentially a game that was mostly controlled by the Packers, but there were certainly points in the second half where it was sort of anybody's game to take control of. Uh, the Seahawks had multiple shots. The Seahawks had a chance to take the lead. And um, Aaron Rodgers delivered on some big throws. You know, he didn't have a, an old school Aaron Rodgers, just like light him up kind of game. But he made the throws when he needed to. And conversely, Russell Wilson takes that huge sack prior to Pete Carroll punting on what would it, what ends up being their last drive. And... As I tweeted, this is again as as Andy Larusso like to uh, like to you know the, his signature his trademarked segment hashtag facts only. Russell Wilson has not converted a third down via pass in his two playoff losses yesterday and the loss last year to the Cowboys. He doesn't throw the he doesn't stand in the pocket and deliver on third down, which. You can say, oh, what does it matter? What does it matter? Well, what it matters is Aaron Rodgers did it twice in the fourth quarter, and it was the difference in the game. The big play to Adams, the questionable you know, uh, spot to Graham. But those two throws were the game. He did convert a fourth down. Yes. So, yeah. you know, we got we to gotta, gotta get all the facts on the table. Sure. And he did run for some first down. Yep. The throwing thing, I think, you know, I, I look, I probably stand in between somewhere between the two of you. I do think Russell Wilson is better than you think he is. Um, but both those bad plays for him, he uh, were not blindside sacks though. Like the 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 the, the blitzer was coming into his face. Like yes. I was surprised that he wasn't able to to move out of that way. Um, makes you wonder if Russell's just too, you know, doesn't trust enough guys on the on. The wide receiving core to like make plays. Where is Devontae Adams is the best? He's you know he's back and healthy now. Yeah, and he had an awesome game. I think eight yeah. for one sixty, two touchdowns. It's great to have 
Yeah, he had um, he. I think Rodgers completed sixteen passes, eight to Adams, eight to the rest of the team. Uh, and I think it was like one sixty and forty something to yeah. the other guys. Yeah, and this is like, you know this is sort of the the theme for Green Bay this year. It's like they have not. They win whatever you want to call it, ugly, whatever you want to call it. They're winning games a lot. Are they winning uh, in defining nature? They, they, I think a lot of Packers fans are probably a little scared of the second half. I mean, Russell does have that little bit of second half magic. But um, it was their inability to me, except for that one time they, when the when the Griffin brothers got to Aaron Rodgers. Like yeah. Aaron needs to be pressured out of his spot a lot. And if you can't get pressure on that uh, on Aaron Rodgers, he's going to find ways to beat you, and he's still scary. And and um, to me, it's it's sort of the difference in the game is, like, Aaron Rodgers didn't play out of his mind. Russell Wilson didn't play out of his mind. But if you ask me, I think Aaron Rodgers played pretty good, but he played good enough to win because he made a couple of really, really clutch plays. And Russell Wilson played really good, but didn't play good enough to win. Um, you you know you look at a game that's twenty one to three. I mean, he scored three points in the first half. Uh, a lot of people you know questioning how good Green Bay is. I know you called this the Paper Tiger Bowl. This isn't the first time this year that they have gotten out to a big first half lead and downshifted and gone like we just need to hold on. And you can be the biggest Russell Wilson stand in the world. He put up three points in the first half. I mean, Aaron only put up seven in the second half. Yeah. You know, I, look, I, I think that's an MO. I mean, everyone's, you know, all, a lot of Packers fans are coming out of the woodworks to bash McCarthy. Uh, you know, as a Cowboys fan, I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't love the McCarthy hire. I'm, ex- I'm cautiously optimistic about the hire. Yeah. But this is something that's that throughout Aaron Rodgers' career, where you see like a 20 point quarter and then you see like seven points the rest of the game. It's just kind of what he does. Um, so I think, you know, it, it, Russell Wilson, like, the Seahawks, to me, were paper tigers this year. They weren't. You know, they won a lot of one-score games. Could have gone either way. Well, they, they had. They needed, the, they needed, you know, Josh McCown to have the hamstring ripped off his bone to yep. to, to win that game. Russ did convert some big third downs in that game, but it's a team they should have beat down. Um, so the fact I, that I know, and and here's the thing: I know Russell Wilson has stats that you can't argue with throughout his career, but when you look at the playoff success that Russell Wilson has had throughout his career. Let me just tell you the rankings of Russell Wilson's defenses in his career. One, 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 three, 14, 11, and 21. 21 this year, right? Yeah. So they're they're the worst this year. I mean, it was obvious. Yeah, and it's obvious. Now, everybody wants to tell me this guy's the MVP and this guy can carry a team on his own. And I'm not saying, by the way, that you should be a guy who can, who takes a team to the Super Bowl when your defense is ranked 21. Not a lot of quarterbacks. I mean, there are some, but not a lot of quarterbacks take teams that have a defense that's ranked 21st and take them to the Super Bowl. But we've talked about it before, and I'll say it again: when you take 35 million dollars and give it to your quarterback, it has to come from somewhere. You don't have an elite running back. You don't have an elite defense, and basically at any position, you have you have one maybe elite defensive player. You you have uh, a wide receiver core of Lockett, who I think has is highly underrated, and the the Seahawks have gotten a ton of value out of DK Metcalf. Gonna need to get paid at some point, but was good enough this year as a rookie. 
This is part of building a team. You have to put together a full team. And Russell Wilson, when he was not getting paid, had the number one defense, the number one defense, the number one defense, number one defense, and the number three defense. Now when he's getting paid, he's got 14, 11, and 21. He's got two Super Bowl appearances in that first half. He's got none in the second half. I know everybody wants to fucking suck his dick all the time. But I'm just saying we have to keep it just a little bit. We, we just have just, again, facts only. This is, this is the way the Seahawks as a franchise have changed with the emergence of Russell Wilson and paying for the emergence of Russell Wilson. He's from Virginia, so I give him the benefit of the doubt. Shout out, Virginia. Let me ask you this. Um, you know, things – McCarthy can be a good coach, which he, I believe he is, but relationships can get stale professionally. Rodgers and McCarthy probably just got a little tired of each other. Yep. What do we think about Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson? Do, do the Seahawks need to look in another direction? Pete Carroll, I think, turns 70 this year or next year. Do we think Pete Carroll um, – has one of them wasted each other's uh, – without Russell Wilson, Pete C- uh, Carroll has an under 500 record all-time as NFL coach. Do we, do we think um, Seahawks need to move on from Pete Carroll? Well, the you know, in a way, I think they've already made their bed, right? They've already given Russell Wilson the money. So they're not also putting together a an elite defense, which is what Pete Carroll – had the majority of his he's a defensive coach he has had the majority of his success both in the nfl in college by having crazy talented defenses and then saying this is how we're going to win the game with the money going to russell wilson that is where the focus is on the offensive side of the ball whether they like it or not so unless there's going to be you know, unless Pete Carroll's going to, you know, change his, like, I don't think he's going to change his style, but unless he's going to get very creative in how to build a defense with, you know, that, with, with the finances that he has available to him, then, yeah, in a way, I think you've already, in, somebody's, something's got to give here. Yeah. Pete Carroll's not putting together an elite defense while you're handing Russell Wilson $35 million. No, we don't know, we don't know the, the, the structure of Wilson's contract. Aaron Rodgers is another quarterback who makes a lot of money. This year is actually, I think, only $6 million off the books. Right. Next year it moves to 20 or $21 million. Right. So we'll see what the Packers are like this year, but they caught him on a good year. Yeah. Good window. He's only making yeah. 6 mil. So maybe it's moved and, around a little bit. But. And, and also, just like I'll say it again, I like when you're talking about quarterbacks and when you're talking about the class of quarterback, the Aaron Rodgers and the Patrick Mahomes, those guys are in a – like I don't want – I, if like if I'm being t- completely honest, and I'm building a team, and you're coming in with you know your agent or whatever to talk about how don't bring up Aaron, you're not Aaron Rodgers, you're not. The bottom line is you're not Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has gotten it done in some regard with less than quality teams. Again, he was the six seed or the five seed when they won the Super Bowl. He put that team on his back. Like I know Russell Wilson has had great years the last couple of years, but that's not when they've been winning, and. I've been critical from the beginning with one particular thing about Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson holds the ball too long. This from ESPN Stats and Info. Joe Nugs. 
Russell Wilson averaged 4.03 seconds to throw on Sunday, the highest in a game for any QB with 20-plus attempts over the last four seasons. Only two of his passes came out within two and a half seconds of the snap. Here's the thing. My criticism of Russell Wilson is he holds the ball too long. This stat says in a playoff game for a chance to go to the NFC Championship game, he held the ball longer than any quarterback in the last four seasons. You can argue anything you want, but you can't argue with me that Russell Wilson holds the ball too long, or as Andy would say, you're a fucking flat earther. These are facts, people. More than any, more than rookies, more than guys who have never fucking have experienced at any level, the guy holds the ball too long. Stand in the pocket and deliver, especially on third down, you're going to have a better chance to win. I understand that he does a lot of things for the Seattle Seahawks. I understand that he converted three first downs by running. But how many of those third down conversions when you're scrambling have, an, have a chance to go for a touchdown? That third down conversion on the first play of the game with the with Texans, they had a third and one. They converted it into a Kenny Stills wide open touchdown. I get Russell Wilson will slide at 12 yards when they have third and 11. But that your defense isn't sitting back there going like, he's going to pick us apart. And I think that, that as, as much as everybody goes, oh, it's great to have a quarterback who can scramble, as a guy who watched Daniel Jones this year, stop scrambling, start standing on your spot and throwing strikes and leading us down the field to win this game. I think Aaron Rodgers did that three more times. And that was the difference in the game. Russell Wilson did it however many let's say. They were three for nine on third down. He has, he has yet to throw a third down conversion pass in his last two playoff losses. Call me a Russell Wilson hater, but also just call me facts only. I mean, look, I know you're passionate because I can see the swollen ankle throbbing down below. Um, and that's what's great about Joe is that he, uh, you know, has a traumatic accident on Heavenly, but never loses, never <laughs> wavers on his belief that Russell Wilson is average. It, no, Russell Wilson, average. Well, Russell Wilson is not elite. Russell Wilson is great. Russell Wilson, yes, is not is not an elite quarterback, I, especially today where I think there we are in a in a dire situation in the NFL where we went through a nice era where there was a lot of elite quarterbacks. We're down to just a handful now, and I just truly believe that Russell Wilson isn't. I think everybody is just so quick to and, and, and to me it's it's like you can be great but just like keep it in perspective. When Russell Wilson has the ball late in that game, it's not like when Aaron Rodgers has it. It's not like when Patrick Mahomes has it. When they were down 21 when I wake up out of a painkiller coma at the half 21-3, I'm 95% sure the Vikings are going to win this game. Meanwhile, when Patrick Mahomes is down 24 nothing. I'm 85% sure he's going to score at least 25 points in this game at some point, and they're going to be ahead. That's just the difference to me. Last thought I'll leave you with, um, according to NFL stats, and in the divisional round, Russell Wilson is the only quarterback in the Super Bowl era with multiple playoff games with 100-plus passer rating and 50-plus rushing yards. Everyone's got facts, yeah, which makes it fun. But... Um, 
Nick, I got one question for you before we move on to the. This actually uh, relates to the college championship game. Okay. Talking about quarterbacks of the future. You are a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, right? Yes. Which quarterback in your division, presumably Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, scares you the most for the next seven years? I mean, I feel like it has to be Lamar Jackson. Does it not? You tell me. I haven't. I haven't seen. Well, it's not just Lamar Jackson that scares me. I think it's just that whole what's around Lamar Jackson that is frightening to me, and the weapons they have. Because you you look at Cincinnati and like, can do they? Can Joe Burrow turn that team around? I I, I look at Cleveland. They're always a mess. It's like the Ravens and that style of offense is frightening to me. For the reason that, um, just I mean, it's, it's it's just Lamar Jackson out here, you know. Like it's 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 just the the crazy athletic ability, you know. And just having three first round first overall picks in the same division, and we're still hobbling out Ben Roethlisberger is just like, when is Pittsburgh going to draft a quarterback? It's a great question. I mean, I, I got to say, last night uh, as we transitioned to the college football championship, I was impressed with Joe Burrow. Like he, he impressed me last night. Yeah, um, I think I I was on Clemson. Um, I thought they weren't going to be scared of the of the confines of. The, but uh, you know, the last three championships that LSU has um, were in Baton or in LSU or in New Orleans. Excuse me. Um, they got down early, and Joe Burrow like. He looked legit to me. I mean, he looked good. I mean, who knows? As Andy will often say here, like, the Bengals can destroy anyone's yeah. confidence. Yeah. Um, but I like his – he seems very low-key. He seems to take everything in stride. Absolutely. I think – I was impressed. I think Joe Burrow is grade-A prime stake, whereas Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers right now sort of looking – I mean, Ben Roethlisberger and many of his body parts looking like ground beef. That being said, before we talk about the national oh, championship game – Doug, we have another great sponsor, ButcherBox. Speaking of meats, ButcherBox, I got it for Christmas. Andy got it for Christmas. I still have chicken and steaks and beef in my fridge. Ah, it's the best meat out there. Guys, ButcherBox is our sponsor, is one of our sponsors for 2020. Talk about making your most for 2020. What are some New Year's resolutions this year that you're making? How about eating better and spending less time and money at the grocery store thanks to ButcherBox? ButcherBox is the meat delivery subscription that gives you more time for what matters most. Each month, they send a box of the highest quality meat for a better price than the grocery store, which gives you more time to spend cooking and sharing delicious meals with your friends and family like Nick and Tug. That'd be awesome. Every month, ButcherBox ships a curated selection of high-quality meat right to your home. All meat is free of antibiotics and added hormones. Each box has 9 to 11 pounds of meat, enough for 24 individual meals. It's packed fresh and shipped frozen and vacuum sealed so it stays that way. You can customize your box or go with one of theirs. Either way, you get exactly what you want. Butcher Box is the most affordable and convenient way to get healthy, humanely raised meat. With Butcher Box, you get highest quality meat for around $6 a meal. And they even have free shipping nationwide except to Alaska and Hawaii. Because if you don't live in the continental United States, we don't care about you. Right now, you can get two pounds of salmon absolutely free. It's kind of just mocking the Alaskans with that, 
right? That, that really is a dig. Two pounds of salmon absolutely free plus $20 off your first box. Just go to butcherbox.com forward slash dirty or use promo code dirty at checkout. That's butcherbox.com forward slash dirty or use promo code dirty at checkout. Grade A meat. Grade A meat. The LSU Tigers. The Tiger Bowl. Tiger off. Wow. I Joe mean- Burrow and Coach O. The fucking most dynamic duo is the saddest part about Joe Burrow going number one that he has to leave Coach O. Like that relationship just seems that's a, that's a movie right there. I know. I, I can't quit you. I mean, there's a little bit of like the uh, not not to, to to punch down on Dabo, but like that's a little bit of the Bill O'Brien ball. I mean, he just got yeah. a little little lead and a little torching. Yeah. I mean, unstoppable. And Joe Brady, I think that's his name, right? Uh, the offensive yep. coordinator, thirty years old, coming from the Saints organization. Just made it just they just looked like a pro style offense against some some boys out there. It was it was a yeah. beatdown. Uh Coach O's hiring by LSU and and everybody always kind of wanted Coach O to have a head coaching job. He he was like Mr. Interim Coach for a while. He was. Um and everybody wanted him to have a head coaching job because of his personality. He gets the interim job at LSU, does well enough that they actually give him the job. And it was sort of universally mocked by people. Um, I'm not a big college football guy. I was for it for obviously our show and just seems like an awesome guy. But, uh, I mean, he's proved everybody wrong for sure. Like, I mean, what he did at LSU that a lot of people saying the greatest season yeah. in college football history yeah. with the, with the teams that they beat, they beat all the top four preseason, uh, whatever favorites. I, I, I believe I saw a stat today that they beat like during the season obviously rankings change, but they beat teams ranked one through seven. That's incredible. At some point during the year, I mean, they went into Tuscaloosa, beat Alabama, you know, towards Oklahoma, beat down the defending defending champion. You know, Joe Burrow goes. Everyone sort of says Joe Burrow's good. Trevor Lawrence is better. We'll see about that in the NFL. But yeah. like on a one game basis, he came in. Played a lot, a lot better, and a lot of people saying the best college football season by a player as 60 well. Sixty touchdowns, that's f- fourteen and zero national championship yeah. Heisman, sixty touchdowns. I mean, plays lights out in both playoff games. Plays huge in in you know basically every big game that they had this year. Looks like Macaulay Culkin a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh, you know, I think that's a positive. Uh, but they're fifteen. I think they might end up fifteen though with that game. That's like that's like a, a full pro yeah. football season. Fifteen games. That's yeah. this crazy amount of football that they're playing. I think college basketball is also the same time. They're playing like when we were growing up, there was like twenty twenty five games. Now they're playing like thirty five forty games. Pretty soon, you know, college football is going to have a full NFL. Season. They're going to have an eighteen game schedule. Yeah. On top of books, air quotes, right, guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Books. I mean, they talk about Joe Burrow not even going to class. He just yeah <laughs> takes his classes at home and. I mean, if you're Joe Burrow, you're leading the the LSU Tigers to their first championship, and I don't know what's that, 15 years? Yeah, uh, a few. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't Small even think they require you to live in the state of Louisiana. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. like live wherever you want. He's, he's going back to you know, presumably all all accounts going back to Ohio to you know lead and, the and, Bengals. And Joe Burrow fans, separate from Ohio and Cincinnati and whatever fans, Joe Burrow fans are already on like the where he goes after the Bengals train. I oh, saw wow. that yesterday that he's a Saints fan. And he loves New Orleans and he loves being down there in Louisiana. He he's Saints after Breeze, and it's like, come on, he's he's going to the Bengals. If they're smart, he'll be there a while. Um, you know, 
the fear when you look at a guy like because Burrow just seems like a nice guy. Totally seems nice. like a great relationship with the coach. Just seem you know he's got a great family. You hate to to like you hate to see him go to the Bengals because you're like I want him to get a fair shot in the NFL. And how many guys have gone to teams and it's like you know would like I I don't think Jamarcus Russell's an NFL quarterback if he doesn't go to the Raiders. I don't think Ryan Leaf like doesn't get addicted to drugs if he doesn't go. But you look at other guys, you know, like I mean even Vinny Testaverde. Like Vinny Testaverde put on like a decent season. Uh, or uh, put together a decent career at, on his second half of his career. But, you know, he starts with the Bucks. Yeah, you know? 36 picks. I mean, you, you start, like, even Steve Young with the Bucks. That's like, right. a, lo- a lot of guys had their chance, and you just hope that Burrow, like, in a way, I hate to say it, but, like, I kind of hope Cincinnati turns it around and, like, Burrow's the guy. I think Burrow should go to the XFL and just start a whole new league. Just go. Become the just the number one figure. The Herschel Walker. The, <laughs> exactly. ro- the Rocket Ishmael. Only last more than two years in the USFL. Imagine that. He brings another league Jim into Kelly. existence. Dominates it. Steve Young for a small yeah. window of time. Uh, I think that's where he should go. I mean, you know, he's playing against, like, Cardell Joneses of the world. Yeah. Like, you can get a ring right off the bat. Back-to-back rings. Make a ton of money. We all know his ring size is 10 and a half. He yeah, told us last uh, night. That was ballsy. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> um, I think the greatest thing that came out of this game, shout-out to shout out to the thread that made this happen. Aaron Maharis puts up, I don't know if you saw this. I did see this. Uh, that he thought Coach O should be, uh, there should be Coach O voice navigation. Um, somebody replied, you should have Prano do it, and we can live vicariously through you. I didn't even know this was a thing. I went into ways you can record your own voice app, which I did as Coach O, and then it's shareable. So we put the link out on the Dirty Sports Twitter feed, on Dirty Sports Instagram. I recorded, I don't know, 40 voice commands as Coach Ed Orgeron yesterday. I checked it. I, I listened to the first one. And it was hilarious. Yeah, a yeah. Little, a little Alabama uh, reference. So, amazing. You know, some of them are, are pretty standard because I, I want you guys to get where you're going safely. But uh, I think there's a let's roll, not not like roll tide. Exactly. Uh, uh, hazards ahead, I believe. Uh, it's a uh, there's an alligator or some other kind of hazard up ahead. <laughs> Coppers have set up a speed trap. Watch out. Um, so if you want Coach O, go to uh, Dirty Sports and follow that link. You can download Coach O as your Waze navigation. And I didn't know this was a thing. I feel like we have to do this for. Pretty much everybody makes a guest appearance on this show. 100%. I mean, I feel like Bill Walton needs to tell people there's hazards ahead, too. (laughs) It's like, collect them all. Clear your mind's eye. Watch (laughs) out for the speed trap ahead. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. So uh, download that, and and, and you got Coach O. And and send us some videos of Coach O uh, navigating you through, through town. Hopefully safely. Hopefully we, we don't want to see any yeah. wreck videos, yeah, yeah. guys. Yeah, there's a couple of them. There's a couple of them that he doesn't. He's not super helpful with. Like once <laughs> you start getting the kilometers, he wasn't happy that he even had to record kilometers in this America. <laughs> and uh, what the fuck is a roundabout? Um, so yeah, enjoy enjoy Coach O in the Waze app. Uh, Clemson loses this game, but we, you know we talked about the quarterback thing. Lawrence uh, played lights out last year. This year, uh, I saw some stat that he he overthrew more guys than like anybody in the history of college football in this game. Over is that right? Like he, he more overthrows since like you know in in like across college football like 
in in like two years or something like that. Well, he didn't he didn't look very good. He he didn't look very happy. I mean, he hasn't lost as a collegiate quarterback, right? Yeah, so until last night. Until last night, and this happened. You know, this is a narrative that you see a lot. Like, you know, with the um, this, I remember the U.S. You know, Clemson being dominant then happened to LSU, but also happened with uh, USC running into Texas. These things happen. I mean, um, the uh, Ohio State uh, Miami game from like the early aughts, oh one, oh two. So. You know the difference is he's not going anywhere this year. This is yeah. he's, got, he's got a year to come back. Um, very interested to see who, who's going to tank for him and how much he can develop. Obviously, he shows he needs to develop because yeah, you know the system kind of let him down, or maybe just bat, just bat, it didn't play very well. Uh, how much how much of the LSU success do you think goes with Burrow, or do you think that this is you know because Burrow obviously wasn't even wasn't even getting PT at Ohio State wasn't incredible last year new offense coordinator but obviously this has been you know coach o turning that system around um does lsu compete for the national championship next season i think the the rankings came out uh or the odds i should say for next year and i don't think they're in the top uh handful uh clemson is again the favorite for next year and just to recap so the odds for next year clemson is uh basically just over two to one favorite the top five favorites are clemson two two to one ohio state three to one bama six to one georgia eight to one lsu eight to one so they're top five yeah then the numbers go down a little bit to florida and oklahoma and oregon so um to answer your question i think you know, LSU for years has been anemic yeah. on offense. Well, you know, I, you know I, I, I know very little about college football, but one thing I know in my in my little watching, and, and I used to uh, date a girl who was a big LSU fan, so I used to watch a lot of LSU games. I did say this, and it's, it's my only college football claim, is Les Miles was fucking terrible. Literally anybody, with, anybody but Les Miles with the kind of talent that comes out of Louisiana and the... LSU Tigers can be competitive every year. They get rid of Les Miles. So we're a couple of years removed. They they have a national championship. I mean, uh, yes, that's true. I mean, like I mean, Odell was on that was on those yeah. teams. Jarvis Landry. Les Miles. Didn't even think about those Le- guys. Les Miles sort of got the the uh, the national championship with a Saban team, and nothing else after that. And um, it was interesting because they they, uh, they got some great wide receivers this year. Apparently, the the wide receiver class coming out this year is by all accounts the best wide receiver class in the history of NFL drafts. So mm-hmm. I'm very excited to see um, where all these you know talented guys go. And you know, and Kirk Herbstreit last night said that um, the, you know the, the LSU has some great defensive backs like they, like they do at LSU, but they were, they were picking on some guy at a first round grade. So I mean, I mean, I'm excited about you know I get excited about the draft. I get excited about all this stuff. And uh, but the idea of LSU, like you said, being so loaded the past few years. I mean, not even scoring a point in one of the uh, the, the finals uh, against Alabama. Yeah. Like all those nine to six, six to three games with yep. Alabama. I mean, it's just about time that someone came in to you know infuse that team with some some life offensively. And Joe Burrow, we'll see. I mean, it's it's a lot of times systems you know make the players like the good system with the Bra- Joe Brady and Burrow seems to be a fit. We'll see um, what. Burrow's like next year. We'll see what Brady's like yep. uh, next year. Uh, we will finish up this show, Tug. We're going to talk a little bit of Astros, the Astros scandal. I want uh, to. I need Nick to move my car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you need to move by noon? There's a nooner because I'm right across the street. 
Nick, can I? Where's it gonna go? It's anywhere that's not on a noon parking okay. spot. Can I? Can can you? Would you, is it okay to do that? Um. Well, yeah. We'll we'll wrap up here pretty quick too. Uh, we. The 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 Astros scandal has uh has finally been uh well, thank I, you Nick I, the the punishments have been handed out um, the Astros GM and AJ Hinch suspended from Major League Baseball for a year and then in I know a lot of people are fired up to talk about how all of this went down but then immediately fired by the Astros owner. Um, Sounds like there's punishment still to come for other people on the coaching staff, including uh, Red Sox manager Alex Cora, who may or may not have used some of the Astros' uh, cheating strategies and brought it over to Boston. Not used. Some say a, a key piece. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so one, of the, one of the guys that m maybe is responsible for coming up with the strategy and then obviously going on to be a manager himself and – I mean, the the reports are used a lot of it in his on his new team. Um, punishments are being handed down. Mets manager Carlos Beltran, uh, supposedly a key member of the uh, process as well. Yep. Thankfully, players not being punished. Beltran was a player at the time, although he's basically a coach. So thank God for that. Uh, I mean, look, I think everybody should be punished that was involved in this, but if – randomly we're drawing the line between players and coaches. I'm glad that our coach was a player then and not a coach. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, I'm all for AJ Hinch returning after a one year suspension and being the Mets bench coach under Beltran. And look at this point, uh, like I don't believe that you should cheat, but I also believe like, God damn, the Mets should do everything they can to win. hundred percent agree. Right? Like you feel yeah. like the Mets haven't won what since, uh, 86, you, you the the punishments five million dollars fine yep loss of first and second round draft picks the next two years I believe which is almost nothing like it 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 hurts but it's not like losing first and not second when round you're draft contending picks. yeah you're already contending and and it's not losing like if you lost your first and second round draft picks in the NFL that would be yeah and people say look at Astros picked with their first first picks like they they've you know Springer all these yeah, guys have, no you know, absolutely some quality players but they're already but they're still contending. Yeah, you know they're not going anywhere for the next year or two. My issue is, I said this to you yesterday and Andy, like it's it's cheating that everyone's openly admitting to. They're admitting it happened, so they they find the, the franchise five million dollars for winning the World Series, and then he fires, then he takes money off the books. Yeah. So the fine doesn't hurt nearly as much because they fired the, the two people that actually cost some money. Now, my my so, problem, my problem with the firing is, you're firing these guys because they got punished, because it sure sure seems like it. Sure seems like you're firing guys because you now have to hire other people to do their jobs for the year. You may as well fire them. It 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 doesn't seem like the owners firing them because they cheated. It feels like he wants to do it because it's a clean slate, right? Yeah. Or something like that. Like, Which but, it seems like he should have – if that was his move, he should have done that when the story came out and right. when the, all the evidence was there. I mean, we've, we've seen video evidence of how it happened. Now, there's a lot of stories behind the scenes. A.J. Hinch supposedly 
destroying the equipment twice. He wasn't into it. Yeah. Like, I, like he's basically his statement is, I disapproved of it. My fault is I didn't do enough right. to say no. The players are saying, we did it, but if the manager would have said stop, we definitely would have stopped. Right. We were just waiting for someone to slap us on the wrists. And now, you know, a common theme in, you know, in, in like sort of negotiations and things like that is you blame the man not in the room. Alex Cora, who knows by who knows how much he really was a part of this, yeah. but everyone's sort of pointing the blame at Alex Cora because he's no longer a part of the organization. Because yeah. it's very easy yeah. uh, for them to do that. So pick on the Latin guy. <laughs> well, who knows where the truth lies, really? Yeah. But everyone knows, you know, that's why they're, that's why they're putting up a wall to the, the ship be sinking. Cheaters and yeah. these the rats come out, you know, yeah. and the ship be sinking. So. Like, you remember everyone has that famous uh, tape of A.J. Hinch coming out and saying, you know, the Yankees heard whistling. This is ridiculous. You know. Well, I mean, and and I guess the thing about, you know, two of the things to take away from it are the way that A.J. Hinch handled the accusations. Obviously, he's now being just skewered for making it say it's ludicrous. It's hilarious that we were being accused of this when you were doing it. And then also, obviously, Verlander, who I think we're both fans of, of Justin Verlander and, and really what not to be a fan of, the way he's sort of gotten on a soapbox over the years saying the game has to be on the level, baseballs need to be fixed, everything needs to be fixed, you know, we've all got to be, go, you know, we've all got to be on a level playing field here. There, I understand that this, as far as we know, doesn't, hasn't, wasn't something that was necessarily helping Astros pitchers, but obviously pitching with leads help Astros pitchers and whatever. And I, I don't think anybody can reasonably say, yeah, pitchers are in the bullpen. Justin Verlander's on the bench when he's not pitching. He's sitting there. He's in the, you can he hear know, a trash can being He knows banged. this is going on. He's 100%. walking by the guy in the, in the tunnel sitting at a computer with a trash can and a bat. Like a lot of people sort of on the record here of, of you know, being on their high horse now just being exposed as total frauds. A lot of willful ignorance. Yeah. My, my feeling is, uh, how do you, like, it's, I love game, I said this last week, I love game theory. I love where you can get an edge. But you have to think about the process. The, but pro sports are so transient with uh, employees, players. Do you think someone's not going to go somewhere else? Right. How do they think this was not going to be, uh, you right. know, able to, to come out? Someone goes to another team and says, it, it, you hear, "It's you like you know, only Belichick seems to have down the we have we cheat, and if guys go elsewhere, we murder them in their jail cells." <laughs> you know, only Belichick has like the Epstein, like the the like closing the loose ends. Yeah, you know, Aaron Hernandez suicide. You know, but uh, everybody else, like yeah, of course, and and in baseball, when you're running a a team that was you know. I don't want to say they were anything close to a dynasty, but like a mini successful, like super successful run and also built to succeed long term. You're going to have to be ahead of it and you're going to have to let guys go who are, you know, sort of get over the hill, replace them with younger, better. Of course, those guys are going to be like, fuck you. 100%. Like the, the if idea. You trade it in season. They're like, but we play the Astros. Guess what, guys? Yeah. They got this thing going. Yeah. I mean,. Not only that, like there's a book. I actually went on this podcast and I said I like the way the Astros run their organization, and little and little did I know, like the organization is rotten from the inside. Yeah, there, you know, there was the assistant GM that trashed that uh, re- reporters, you know, yeah, 
there's you know and and it, and it took days to, if not a week for the you know the ownership to come out and say they were wrong there's the cheating scandal there was a book that basically praised the way and, they went and about Man, and did Manfred it. essentially put out a statement the other day that just hammered the yeah. the the Astros front office the culture yeah i mean and all, you know which brings uh, i guess the last question i want to ask you is when you are if you're a fan of the Dodgers or whatever else like people are talking about like you know, Keith Olbermann's banging the drum, pun intended, uh, for the championship to be removed, and no one getting, no one gets a ring that year. Right. Asterisk on that year. Well, how do you thoughts on that? How do you, how do we solve cheating? How do we? Cure well, my that? my my manager saw that we were talking about this and sent me a link. Dodger fan wants to file class action lawsuit against the Astros. Um, I I I tend to agree that. You, you have to take it away, like much like has been happening in so many college football uh, and college basketball scandals. The, the, the championship gets wiped from the books, but you don't hand it to the other team. And, and I, honestly, I think that that's fair because who's to say the team that the Astros beat in the ALCS doesn't go on to beat the Dodgers, yeah. you know? Um, and and it's, so it's, it's really not fair to hand the uh, championship to somebody else. Uh, again, who's to say some team that was eliminated from playoff contention because they lost f- four games in that season to the Astros doesn't you know uh, go on and and went, like God what what the what the Oakland A's could have done with home field advantage? There's so many moving parts here that I think to say oh well the team that they lost that lost the World Series gets it. So I say yeah just strike them from the books and then I think it leads to the bigger question. And I think something that you um, me and Andy were all sort of equally fired up about on text, which is this scandal is so blatant. And like you said, there's video evidence of it. There's guys on the record Emissions. of it. And we're talking about a year suspension for the manager and the GM, $5 million and some draft picks. Pete Rose is suspended from baseball forever. Every single member of the 1919, 1918, whatever it is, yeah. White Sox suspended forever. How does the entire White Sox team get suspended forever? And this comes down to the GM, the manager, $5 million and some draft picks. And people will say, you know, this cheating has been going on. Sign stealing has been going on since the dawn of the, you know, the game. But, like, you guys are using technology in a way that, it's just blatantly. You guys are openly know you're cheating. There's yeah. like, there's like game within the game. Sure. And then there's manipulating the game. This is obvious. This is obvious cheating. Yeah. That everyone admitted to. I, I can't believe that it's just one year. I can't believe that we, you know Pete Rose, a guy who's like you know is a known degenerate, like still didn't bet against. He didn't sabotage his own team or do anything to like enhance the team. And and in a way, I'm not necessarily saying that every Astro on the team should be banned from baseball for life. I think I think the I think the punishments that were handed out in the past are sort of antiquated like medieval punishments. But also at the same time, like I mean the the Black Sox, I think everybody's long gone, you know? I don't think shoeless Joe Jackson's grandson yeah. needs to like whatever. But Pete Rose is alive and well. Like we need to look this is this is like, you know, we need to look back this is like people being in, you know, life sentences for having dime bags. We need to correct these things while we can. If you are saying this is reasonable punishments for blatantly cheating, 
and stealing a World Series and potentially stealing other World Series from other teams. Pete Rose can't be suspended from baseball for life. People will be getting in the Hall of Fame because they used a camera to tell them what pitch to be looking for. Yeah. That's just not okay. Yeah. I mean, like, we, we, you know, baseball gets on the – and it, it's different from sport to sport. Like, NFL is okay with, like, four games, go back and play. You know, right. Steroids, whatever. But, like, the guys have access – I mean, I watched the video yesterday of Danny Farquhar, basically, you know, the, the White Sox – uh, middle reliever who kind of found out in the middle of the game, like, oh, I'm hearing trash can, I'm hearing banging, something they know something. Yeah, and th- th- how quickly the the bangs would come. It was so obvious. Now, I saw a story about how uh, other teams used to use, maybe old White Sox used to use a, a scout in right field. If he was sitting in the the seat next to the pole, it'd be a fastball. Right. If he wasn't, it was off speed. <laughs> so there's cool like there's like things like that that happen. Yeah. But the speed with which by going back behind the, the dugout and looking at a monitor. Yeah, it's it's, it's ridiculous. Crazy. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and 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 then like obviously we've all seen the videos now that have been out for months of other guys figuring it out and how it happened. But like, yeah, and honestly, you look at those Astros, those Astros playoff games, especially in the World Series year against the Dodgers. But you know how long was it going on before? How long was it going on after? I mean, they made. Like it, it just seemed like they got big hits whenever they fucking needed them, and you know I know there's talk of there were certain guys who didn't want to know, and there are certain guys you know who like it just fucked them up more and whatever. But like, just knowing that you have that option available, it's ridiculous. It's like it's it's an edge that is like completely unfair. And my and my bigger take is, is what I said earlier is like, if you guys are gonna che- like cheating happens, I'm okay with the getting an edge. But you got to make sure you close up all the loopholes. Like, yeah, I mean, anyone that's traded, I don't know, like a million dollar NDA. I don't know what the players need to do right. to keep other players from leaking that. But like, it's just, this is not going to end well for these players. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna hang over their heads when the you know, Hall of Fame yeah, stuff comes for up. Sure. You know? every, every single one of these guys, yeah. and 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 that's something that you you can't help but the question. I love a lot of the players as players on. The Astros standouts, including Altuve and Bregman, these are guys who just like, how are they doing it at their size? And then you got like, now you go, well, they knew a pitch was coming. So that helps. Yeah. You know, if you're a right handed hitter in a ballpark with a short porch in left field and you're 5'8 and 5'10, but you know if it's an off-speed pitcher, you know that gives you a fucking freak edge, because literally all you have to do is hit a 340-foot pop-up and get it out into the fucking Crawford boxes. I think and those I, guys did it seemingly like at will. I think it's an incredible story. I think it's like I mean I, I'm gonna put this on Twitter, but I think it's like gonna make an amazing movie because there's so much psychology involved, like players. Having to decide, yeah, I'm gonna willingly cheat. Like, who thought, you know, who's yeah. the real originator of this idea? I'm sure there's gonna be a great book, like a money. Michael Lewis should write this as a sequel to Moneyball. Yeah, I mean, I would eat this thing up because it's it involves. Yeah, you you were throwing out some casting suggestions. Yeah, I think before. I think Joe Prano should be Justin Verlander. I've I've gotten Verlander from time to time. I think you should 100 percent be Verlander. Uh, you know, I I welcome. Uh, uh, Can Kate Upton play Kate Upton? Uh, absolutely. I think that just seems. <laughs> she's done some movie roles. I invite the dirtballs to cast me somewhere. I'll play whoever. I won't play Altuve, though. This doesn't feel right. <laughs> um, 
but I just feel like this this like it feels like a little bit like Watergate to me. Like this is interesting. It's because this runs deep, and you know, and, and it may bleed to other teams. They might find out other teams are doing it. Like it's spread to the Red Sox. It's very interesting. Very compelling story. Yeah, um, I, I I think Nick stole my car. Yeah, Nick's gone. <laughs> I think uh, to wrap it up, I think in, in a way punishment not enough for this. I, agree. I think we all agree that the the punishment should be stronger. I think we all agree that 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 World Series should be stricken from the record books. And uh, I'd like to see them, now that they have become reasonable, maybe too reasonable with their punishments, I think they need to go back and look at some of the people that are locked up in baseball prison and, and adjust their punishments accordingly. I know Andy Ruther uh, has abandoned every team from Cincinnati except for the Cincinnati Reds, so he will appreciate that we are here saying, let Pete Rose be in the fucking Hall of Fame already. I gotta agree with that, uh, Tug. That's our, that's our show. We're gonna wrap it up. I was gonna have uh, I was gonna have Nick go into the YouTube comments for us for a little wrap up here, but he's he's off uh, joyriding around the well, west side of my LA. Car. I mean, you know, Andy. One thing that Andy will be excited about when he comes home, Mildred has been cleaned up a little. Oh, bit has since, it? Yes, it has. Mildred's been cleaned up a little since he last left. Nick's probably excited by the the, the ability to drive a car in L.A. And uh, I didn't move my car because it's street cleaning. So, yeah. sorry. Well, uh, where can everybody find you? What should everybody? Yeah, check me out. Tug Coker on Twitter and Instagram. You so, were on Instagram last week. You were at Disney Studios. I was on Disney Studios. Were you in a period piece? I, I am. I'll uh, Hopefully, the show airs in the next couple weeks. I'll be excited to announce that show. I'm sure you guys can deduce what show it is. But uh, some great outfits. Got the Mandalorian. Great yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> uh, but as always, um, you know, my thoughts and wishes are out to the Ruther family. Andy, we miss you. Can't wait to have you back. And uh, continue to let me know, uh, you know, however I can help. Joe, always great to be with you. Again, I am the, the, the nurse for you. Let me know how I can help Thank you. Thank you. And uh, best luck with the knee. And the gigantic, guys, the, the, the ankle is a, it's a cantaloupe. Yeah. It's and a it's, cantaloupe. And I think it's gotten worse during this episode. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to dial this back so I can yep. go, get, go see an orthopedic surgeon. At Fix Your Life on Twitter. At Joe Prano on Instagram, at Joe Prano on Venmo, as I have to go see an orthopedic surgeon today and pay out of pocket. If you downloaded the Waze, uh, if you downloaded the Cocho uh, voice from Waze, throw me a couple bucks on Venmo for just making all of your rides better. I have no problem begging for money at this point. My knee is hanging Whoa! multiple places. He's back. So uh, Nick is on, uh, where are you on Twitter? It's Nick Dale, but the L in Dale is actually a capital I because some dude in Australia. Nick Dale, L is a capital I, at Andy Ruther on Twitter and Instagram because uh, you should still follow Andy on whole his social media and send him a lot of uh, well wishes. Follow us at The Dirty Sports on all social media. Um, and, of course, rate, review, and subscribe to this show. It's always helpful. If you send us screenshots of... Us, of you using uh, any of our promo codes or putting up a review, Andy, when he gets back into town, will send you two koozies. Or maybe we'll point Nick in the direction of the post office. Guys, that's our show. Tune in later in this week. Andy will still be gone. Tug will still be here, hopefully. And uh, who knows who will be in my seat. Hopefully me with a reconstructed knee. And, uh, yeah, that's it, guys. Stay dirty. <laughs>